0: Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 58. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else that you might be listening to the show, and also remind you to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group as well as liamphotographypodcast.com for each episode's show notes. So in this week's news, Canon officially announces development of the EOS R5 next-generation full-frame mirrorless camera, as well as nine, you heard that right, nine new RF series lenses. This news is as of February 13th, 2020, Canon announced today that the company is currently developing the EOS R5 full-frame mirrorless camera containing CMOS sensor, image processing, optical, and other state-of-the-art technologies the company has cultivated through its long history of camera development. What's more, during 2020, Canon plans to release a total of nine RF lenses currently in development. Through the addition of competitive cameras and lenses to its lineup, Canon will continue to strengthen the EOS R system. Now, I'm going to include a link to this article from global.canon, in the show notes for this episode, so you can check out the images for the EOS R5, as well as one of the new RF lenses, which will be the RF 100 500 millimeter f F4.5-7.1L IS USM lens. The EOS R system enables greater freedom in lens design thanks to a wider lens mount diameter, shorter back focus, and high-speed system for transmitting data between the camera and lenses, resulting in an imaging system that delivers high image quality and greater ease of use. The new full-frame mirrorless camera, currently under development, will fully leverage the advantages of the EOS R system to realize high-speed continuous shooting and 8K video recording, and expanding the boundaries of visual expression. In addition, it can contribute to more efficient workflows thanks to improved transmission functionality, operability, and reliability. These enhancements and more will help the new camera elevate the EOS Series concept of speed, comfort, high image quality to a higher level. Canon's EOS R5, the first of the next-generation full-frame mirrorless cameras in the company's EOS R system, will include a newly developed CMOS sensor that makes possible such advanced features as high-speed continuous shooting, up to approximately 20 frames per second using an electronic shutter, and up to approximately 12 frames per second while using a mechanical shutter, to facilitate shooting of athletes at sporting events and other fast-moving subjects. In addition, the camera's 8K video capture capability will enable users to extract high-resolution still images from video footage, as well as process 8K video into higher-quality 4K video, opening up new possibilities for visual expression. What's more, the EOS R5 will be the first Canon camera equipped with a high-performance coordinated image stabilization system that integrates the body's in-body IS with IS systems on attached RF lenses. The camera will also feature dual media card slots and will support automatic transfer of image files from the device to image.canon cloud platform, which will become available from early April 2020. Alongside the EOS R5, Canon is also developing a total of nine RF lenses for release during 2020, including the RF100-500, which I mentioned a moment ago, as well as an extender RF 1.4x and an extender RF 2x. Now, those are some exciting announcements from Canon. It looks like they are really going full tilt on their EOS R platform, and they're really planning to give Sony a serious run for its money. Now, as I mentioned in previous episodes, a lot of uh, Sony people, especially Sony fanboys and fangirls, were saying, oh, Sony's got a five-year head start in mirrorless full-frame camera technology. Canon and Nikon will never be able to catch up. They'll end up going the way of the dinosaur. And I kept telling everybody, now, with as deep uh, pockets as Canon has, just like Sony, Canon is going to be the company that's going to give Sony a run for their money. And I predicted in previous episodes that it wouldn't take Canon more than 18 to 24 months to completely catch up to Sony in the mirrorless full-frame market. Now, if you've been watching the mirrorless full-frame market, Sony is actually slowing down a little bit. They're releasing new bodies still, but only with minor incremental updates. And that's because over the last five years, Sony got all of the major stuff perfected. 4K video without a crop, eye-detect autofocus, animal eye-detect autofocus, focus focus tracking. They've got all of that stuff ironed out. So now they're only doing incremental updates to their camera bodies, where Canon came out with a decent starting mirrorless full-frame body with the EOS R, and they at least had eye-detect autofocus right out of the gate, unlike Nikon. Although it was nowhere near as good as Sony's, of course, but Canon has since done some firmware updates that did make their eye detect autofocus even better. Again, it's still not on par with Sony's, but with each new firmware update with tweaks to their eye detect autofocus system, Canon keeps getting closer and closer. So, as I stated, being that Sony has already perfected everything in mirrorless full frame, they don't really have anywhere else they can go other than incremental changes. And this is where the battle's going to really heat up, because Canon is going full-court press, and they're looking to catch up to Sony as quickly as possible, and it's going to be these two companies going head-to-head against each other for dominance in the mirrorless full-frame market. I'm not saying that Sony isn't creating cameras that are great. They are, but they've done all of the big stuff already. So, again, they're only going to have incremental updates going forward for the most part. The other thing that's interesting about this is the fact that the EOS R5 will have 8K video. Now, the question is is it going to be heavily cropped like the 4K video was in or is in the EOS R? Or is it going to be full frame 8K video? I highly doubt it. We'll have to wait and see. Now, it is stated in this article that it's going to be a dual memory card camera. And if they're doing 8K video, most people are speculating the only way they're going to be able to pull that off is they're going to have to go with CF Express cards. Now, are they going to have dual CF Express slots in the EOS R5? Or are they going to give us one UHS 2 SD card slot and one CF Express card slot that will be used for the 8K video? We're going to have to wait and see. Now, Canon did, of course, put dual CF Express card slots in the 1DX Mark III. Whether or not they'll do it in a EOS R5 body remains to be seen. I highly doubt it, but maybe they'll surprise us all. The other key to this is the price point. What is Canon's price point on this new body going to be? Now, a lot of people are speculating that they're going to try to keep it at the same price point as the 5D body line of around $3,500. If they do that, they're going to be directly competing with Sony at that point, because the Sony a7R 4 which is their newest full-frame body, is at $3,500, and if the EOS R5 is at $3,500 and gives customers pretty much the same capabilities that the uh, that the a7R 4 has, but stepped-up 8K video, that's going to be huge. That's going to be a direct threat to the Sony a7 body line. We're going to have to wait and see how this fleshes out, but this is exciting, and this camera is expected to be available July of this year, 2020. Now, I'm also really excited, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners are, that Canon has announced they're doing nine more RF lenses for 2020. Now, Canon already has about 10 lenses on the market now, or 11, somewhere around there, so with these nine, they're going to be at about 20 RF lenses. Now, I'm assuming, as most people are, that not all of these lenses are going to be super expensive L-glass. Speculation is that some of them are going to be the silver band lenses, which are their lowest end lenses, and maybe a couple of them will be USM gold band lenses, which is their middle of the road as far as image quality and price. A lot better than the silver band lenses, but not quite as good as the red band L-glass. We'll have to wait and see. There had been rumors circulating recently that the extender 1.4 and 2x were coming, and this has now been confirmed by Canon. The one thing that I do find interesting in this article, and a little bit worrying, maybe in a minor way, uh, I guess it depends on how you look at things, the only one of the nine lenses that Canon announced in this press release is the rf 100 to 500 millimeter, but this is an f4.5 to 7.1. You heard me correctly, 7.1 L USM lens, which means if you want to shoot this lens at 500 millimeters, you're not going to get an aperture any wider than 7.1. It's almost an F8 lens, which is not very good, especially in an L lens. That's really puzzling, Now, of course, you'd be able to use this lens just fine in the summertime with lots of daylight. It wouldn't be an issue for shooting wildlife in in those cases or possibly sports like a NASCAR race or a football game or something like that. But you're going to need a lot of light in order to get good performance from this lens. I'm not sure why Canada decided to go this route. I don't know why they didn't go with f4.5 to 5.6 like on their existing 100 to 400 millimeter Um 4.5256 Mark II lens, which is one of the lenses I have now in the EF mount. I'm not sure why they went to 7.1. Maybe it was a limitation in the design. Maybe they don't have any everything fleshed out the way they wanted to do it. Or maybe they wanted to make this as a less expensive wildlife lens. Who knows? I mean, like I've complained in numerous previous episodes, and my listeners can attest to this fact. I have not been generally happy with the Canon pricing for its new RF glass. Now, I understand they have research and development costs involved, but as I've stated many times before, I don't personally think the RF 50mm 1.2 is worth a thousand dollars more than the EF 50mm 1.2, and so on and so on with some of the other lenses. And as I pointed out in the past, why are some of the L lenses so much more expensive than their EF mount counterparts? when the 35mm 1.8 IS and the 24-105 to 105 F4 L are the exact same price as their EF counterparts. It's really strange. But anyways, there's the latest announcement from Canon. It is exciting news, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be talking about this over the next couple of weeks uh, in their YouTube channels and on their podcasts, as I am right now. <coughs> Next up for this week, we have a deal for you. The Tamron SP-45mm F1.8 DI-VC USD has dropped in price to $399 from its regular price of $599. Now, this information is coming to me from CanonRumors.com. There is now an instant rebate of $200 on this extremely good lens via Adorama. You can pick one of these terrific prime lenses up for $399, which is the lowest price we've ever seen. Key features. E-band coating deployed to thoroughly suppress ghosting and flare. Fluorine, Fluorine coating on the front element repels water and fingerprints. Circular aperture for enhanced bokeh. The lens mount is Canon EOS. The zoom focal length, all primes, Uh, fixed focal length, 45 millimeter lens, lens format, full frame, and maximum aperture of f1.8. I'm not sure what the zoom focal length, all prime lenses statement means. I think that was a typo uh, because it's not a zoom lens. It's a prime lens and it's fixed at 45 millimeters. I will include a link to this uh, article in the show notes where you can actually go ahead and order a copy of this lens for yourself if you're so inclined And this is a really nice 45 millimeter lens. Uh, It's one of the lenses I like to use for street photography. Um, Anything between 35 and 50, I think, make for really good street photography lenses. So this one would definitely be an awesome lens to have in your bag for street photography. Pre-orders now open for the Nikon D6 camera, Nikkor Z 20mm and Nikkor Z 24 to 200mm lenses. These latest Nikon products are now available for pre-order at Adorama, B&H, Wex, Park Camera, Calmut. The Nikkor 20mm 20 and 24 to 200mm lenses are available at Adorama, B&H, Wex, Park Camera and Calmut as well. These are the beginnings of the next D6, as well as Nikon Z-mount lens lineup. As I mentioned in previous episodes, the Nikon D6 flagship DSLR was going to be out in time for the Tokyo Summer Olympics this year. Canon has already uh, released uh, or done pre-orders for the uh, 1DX Mark III. I believe both cameras will be shipping Uh, later on in February or March at the latest of 2020, and professional sport shooters will be able to start getting their hands on them, start getting out in the field, using them, getting the feel for them so that they'll be properly equipped in time for the Tokyo Games. The next bit of news uh, for the Nikon world, Adobe adds support for the new Nikon D780 and Coolpix P950 cameras. The Adobe February Photography releases are out, with added support for these two new cameras. Adobe Lightroom Classic version 9.2, Adobe Lightroom February release, Camera Raw 12.2, all include the updates for, these, for support of these two new cameras. The latest Adobe CC subscription plan rates can be found here, and I'll include a link for that in the show notes for this article. A free Lightroom CC trial is available, no credit card required. More information on the different Lightroom uh, versions is available here, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes for this episode. And for Adobe Alternatives, check out the latest products from Topaz Labs, Skylum, and On1 Photo Raw. This news comes to us via photorumors.com. So, this is of course exciting. It's always good to see Adobe add support for new cameras as early as possible just to make the workflow situation easier for as many photographers as possible. The Nikon D750 has been a hugely popular camera. The 780, I'm sure, will be popular as well. And it's great to see that Adobe is on the ball with getting support for these cameras implemented as quickly as possible. Next up, some deals for you this week from the world of Sony. Voigtlander FE lens discounts and Sony rebates. So here is the roundup of all the latest deals. The Voigtlander US up to $150 savings on FE lenses, $150 off the Voigtlander 40mm F1.2, $100 off on the 50mm one2 $100 off on the 21mm F1.4, off on the 110mm F2.5, $100 off on the 35mm F1.4, $100 off on the color Scopar 21mm F3.5 E-mount lens, $100 off on the 10mm F5.6 FE, $50 off on the 65mm F2 FE, and $50 off on the 15mm Scopar at B&H Photo. All the previous prices that I mentioned a moment ago are available at B&H Photo, Amazon, and Adorama. On the Sony camera side, $200 off on the Sony a7 III, $300 off on the a7R III, $500 off on the a9, $600 off on the a7 II, $400 off on the a7S II, and $400 off on the A7R2 and those prices are good at B&H Photo, Amazon, Adorama and Focus Camera. The $500 off on the A9 is also good at Best Buy. Now for Sony FE lenses, $100 off on the 12-24 F4, $100 off on the 16-35 S4 F4 Zeiss lens, $100 off on the 24-70 F4 Zeiss lens. $200 off on the Sony 24-105 FE, $100 off on the 24-240, 100 off on the 28-135 PZ lens, $100 off on the Zeiss 35mm f1.4, $50 off on the Zeiss 35mm f2.8, $100 off on the Zeiss 50mm f1.4, $50 off on the Sony 50mm FE 1.8. off on the Sony 50mm macro, $100 off on the Zeiss 55mm f1.8, $100 off on the 70-200G lens, $50 off on the Sony 85mm f1.8 FE, $100 off on the 90mm macro lens, and $100 off on the 70-300 lens. And all of these prices are good at Amazon, Adorama, B&H, and Focus Camera, so you can check that out depending on who your favorite distributor is to buy your lenses for your Sony from. And I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so that you can get direct links to each lens at the appropriate site with the appropriate pricing so you can check it out for yourself and go ahead and place your order. New firmware updates for Fujifilm X-T2, X-Pro1, X-A7, X-E1, and Fujinon XF 8-16mm f2.8. Fuji has released firmware updates for these cameras and lenses. There's a full list below, and I'll include a link to this article in the show notes. It has the direct link to download the update for the X-T2 firmware version 4.31. Uh, fixes a minor bug, the Fujifilm X-A7 firmware version 1.10. You can download from the link included in this article. Addition of the My Menu function, new features guide. The My Menu function, previously available mainly in high-end models of the X-Series, is now available for the X-A7. Up to 16 frequently used items can be registered with this function, so that users can create their original menu that suits their personal preference and shooting style. The feature reduces the effort required to find a specific item from the camera menu, improving your shooting experience. Touchscreen operation for controlling bokeh while shooting in the P mode. The new firmware makes it possible to use a touchscreen operation in Program Shift to adjust aperture values while shooting in the Program Auto mode. This allows easy and intuitive adjustment of the bokeh bokeh in the P mode. Even under busy Wi-Fi environments, the connectivity between the application for a smartphone, which is the Fujifilm camera remote, and the camera is greatly improved. Also includes fix of minor bugs. The Fujifilm X-Pro1 firmware update 3.81 you can download. The phenomenon is fixed that uh, white vignetting in the four corners would occur when used with the XF 16 to 80mm f4 R lens. The FujiFilm X-E1 firmware 2.71 is downloadable now as well. This fixes a phenomenon that white vignetting occurred in the four corners when used with the XF 16 to 80mm f4 R. So apparently that issue happened in a couple of different cameras and has now been fixed with that particular lens by Fuji. Fuji XF 8-16mm to f2.8 firmware 1.01. It fixes some minor bugs, but no details are given. And again, I'll include the link to this article in the show notes from fujirumors.com so that you can get the direct download link for those firmware versions, depending on which of those Fuji products you might have. Fujifilm X-T4, D-pad or no D-pad? The answer in this article. This again comes from fujirumors.com. So, it looks like many of the Fujifilm cameras saw the loss of the D-pad in the past. The Fujifilm GFX100, the GFX50R, which is one of the bodies I have, and I can confirm, no D-pad. The Fujifilm X-T30, the Fujifilm X-Pro3, the Fujifilm X-100V, the Fujifilm X-A7, and the Fujifilm X-T200. Even the huge Fujifilm full, full GFX100, which is their big medium format with a 102 megapixel sensor, definitely had enough real estate to host a D-pad, but it didn't get one. And Fuji Rumors is happy to report that the Fujifilm X-T4 will remain a welcome ex- ex- exception to this trend, and keep the D-pad just like the X-T3 did. The Fujifilm X-T4 will be announced around February 25th or 26th of 2020. You can find the precise X-T4 announcement time in your country by clicking onto the link that I'll include in the show notes for this article. So, there you have it, folks. That is all of the rumor news and official announcements from Canon, Nikon, Sony, and Fuji for this week. I want to thank everybody once again for listening, subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show on iTunes and anywhere else that you might be listening to the show every week. And also remind you to stop by the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group but anyone can join. You just have to answer one question to become a member, and that is the name of the host of this show, which is myself, Liam, or you can put Liam Douglas. Either one will work. And also check out the Liam Photography website for all of the show notes, as well as links to any articles, deals, savings, rebates, and anything else that I talk about in each week's episode. Also, remember you can text, or call, leave a voicemail for the show by reaching out to us at 470-294-8191. If you have a question, a comment, a concern, or something you would like me to discuss in an upcoming episode, or maybe somebody you would like me to try to get as an interviewee on the show, you can do it via the 470-294-8191, or you can also shoot an email to liam at com. I'll We'll see you all again in another seven days for episode 59.